Nightmerica is an independently produced podcast. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash nightmerica. And please tell your friends about us. Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Episode 27, Schools and the Education of the Unexplained. Wah-ha-ha-ha. I haven't done that. I haven't really done I didn't you put much effort into that. That was like, I phoned in that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. <laughs> better, yeah. Anyhow. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Aaron Sagers, your uh, co-host for Nightmerica. Travel channels, paranormal caught on camera and other paranormal places. And as always, joined by Brett. Are you gonna Brett, you jump in there? I don't know. You always harass me for jumping in with you, so I was just gonna let you have your moment. Hi, guys. I'm Brett. I don't think I harass you. I just never know when you're gonna be like, "Hey, this is Brett." Anyhow, this you know, Brett and Aaron, Aaron and Brett, A B B A, and Abba. Abba, oh my god. Yeah. Love Abba. So, Marmaduke, you know, and all that. Don't they sing the song called Marmaduke? I don't know about Marmaduke, but I know Waterloo. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are you thinking it goes Marmaduke? So, it's funny because there are things in my brain that I know, I know, oh my gosh, this this is reaching like Mandela levels of weirdness. First off, let me say that I know that there that the ABBA song is Waterloo, but there are things that occupy a space in my brain that are incorrect. And normally my brain is like, all right, Aaron, don't don't say the incorrect one because we know the difference. 
but then every so often they make it out into the public sphere. Sort of like, you know, today I was singing the Creedence Clearwater revival song, Bad Moon on the Rise, and I always sing the incorrect lyric intentionally. There's a bathroom on the right. Instead of oh, the that's funny. But I haven't heard anyhow, that. so Marmaduke versus Waterloo is something I used to sing because I liked the comic strip Marmaduke as a kid. So That's so uh, funny. Marmaduke, but I won't sing any more of that. But let me add an extra level of weirdness. Since this is an audio medium, no one no one can, can see this, but I'm going to get Britt's reaction. When I show what are am you drinking, I drinking Waterloo soda? Oh my god, that's so creepy! And Theory. I'm drinking a can of Waterloo soda. And let me say, this is the first time I've ever bought Waterloo soda. Never heard of. Wow. I'm I'm normally a Lacroix guy because that's just what's well, that's what's easiest to get at my my uh, convenience store. And it's a great product in case the fine people at Lacroix want to sponsor this podcast. But or if they Waterloo. don't. Yeah, the fine people at Waterloo. I'll even give a... Or what else is there, Bubba? Ah, Ew. That was like refreshing and effervescent, Waterloo. <sighs> Anyhow, that's so weird, isn't it? That so, is weird. All these different Synchronicity. Of, yeah, synchronicity. All these things happening together. Anyhow, so yeah, not Marmaduke, but Waterloo. Waterloo. But we are ABBA, or BA, which would kind of connect with our our second school episode um we did colleges last week and now we're doing just schools you know schools. not the school of hard knocks where i attended you know. did you ever uh, have you ever seen that on you i don't know if you would have seen it but i've seen on certain dating profiles when people list a school they'll list the school of hard knocks oh barf yeah i would agree with that one it's kind of barfy it's oh like, my just, god yeah yeah, I agree. It's kind of barfy. Now, but, hey, any subscribers out there that put School of Hard Knocks on their dating profiles, thanks for listening. And not <laughs> you specifically. Not barfing at you specifically. No. Look, we, we can't afford to be shedding any listeners, you know? We gotta, no. Gotta keep and if you together. didn't go to school, too, that's cool with us. Who are oh, we yeah. to judge? I certainly, you know, I, I taught at NYU. I taught journalism at NYU, and I... Even said to some of my students, like, you don't necessarily have to be here. Probably shouldn't say that to any NYU administrator or whatever that might happen upon this podcast. But Or if NYU wants not... to sponsor us. Yeah, or NYU. And, you know, the fierce sponsor battle between Waterloo and NYU begins <laughs> now. Honestly, Anyhow, I would I... take Waterloo. I will take. Uh, really? I, how about we just take the money that's that's going to be offered to our our podcast? Let's not get let's. I don't think we're big enough to get that, you know, specific about the money that we're taking or not. I guess so. So, yeah. Anyway. Waterloo, NYU. Anyhow, but yeah, I would tell my students that this may not be. You know, don't feel like you just have to be here because you need to go to college. It's not for everybody. And no, and honestly, if I had a child right now, I, I think I would probably want them to learn some sort of recession proof skill or apocalypse proof skill, Real such talk. as mechanics, uh, auto, you know, t uh, uh, like in the mechanic trade, auto mechanics, electrical trade, any sort of engineer, plumbing, plumbing, plumbing. people are always going to be pooping. 
I mean, yeah. at least at least for the foreseeable future until technology allows us to not. I think bidet installers yeah. of the world. I, think, I, I wish think I could have a bidet. Like, I grew up with a bidet. I never used it. Really? You never yeah. used it? We never used it. I think we had two bidets in our apartment in Paris. I never used it. Wow. Freak, that's freaked fancy. me out. You're, you're a two bidet family. That's that's swanky. The What do you mean it freaks you out? It's just pressure so washing your bum. It was, an, it was an old apartment. So it wasn't like these new nice bidets, like that tushy one that you always see advertised on your Instagram that like shoots and the water my- up. And on podcast, they they yes. advertise heavily on podcast. So you know we're leaning it's, into bidet money yeah. right now. It wasn't like these that are really nice and high tech. It was old, so it was basically just like there was the toilet, and then next to the toilet was another toilet. Yeah, but you didn't go in it. You just like ran the faucet in it and like splash, splashed it up. You, know, you squat down. And then you just, you know. Yeah, but these new Toshi ones are so nice. It like shoots water so you don't have to get all up in the business. Well, you're still literally getting up in the business because I know, that's but the point of it. Just with you're the clearing out with your the hands. business. Ew. And I have, yeah, so I, when I've, in my travels, I've seen sort of the separate bidet next to the toilet. Mm-hmm. It's kind of awkward because you got to get off the toilet and then. That's what we had. But it's normally See? right there. It's not like a yeah, I know. But it's not like a it's not like you're running to the next room. It's just a gentle, you know, switching positions. But I will say that the high tech bidets. Look, when I was in Japan, I was spoiled with all the the high tech bidets yes. that would talk to you and do like a you know sort of a water show with different lights and everything, maybe. And, and even, and this was telling because even when I was traveling around the country quite a bit and went to this, this convenience store in the middle of nowhere and I had to use their toilet and even that had a nice bidet. And it was then that I realized that we're just pooping all wrong in this country. We're just doing we it. We are wrong. the waste. I mean, you know me, I am like eco person, garbage monitor like the waste that is produced in this country is insane. So like I would love to have a bidet. That's like Paper a nice high tech bidet. Yeah. Not not just poop waste because that's a different kind of waste. Totally. That's... But like paper waste, plates, utensils. I'll, I won't and... get started. Yeah, well toilet paper you, you need. You need to waste and you're not really you're not really going to be making use of that twice. But if you but... have a bidet, you can buy reusable toilet paper. I don't know that I'd go for that, but if you had a bidet, you would be using less toilet yes, paper. You would. I really don't. I'm. I don't know if I'm at the level of. Look, I'm. I am very much all about the environment, but I don't think I'm at the level of of environmental awareness that I'm going to be getting reusable. That's it's rags. It's rag poopy rags that you're you're proposing reusable yeah. toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, really, if you came if you came over to my house and I'm like, oh, hey, if you need to go to the bathroom, here's the stack of uh, rags. Wouldn't you think, well, how well were these washed? These poopy rags, these reusable toilet paper. Well, yeah, it's not for like paper. a common bathroom. It's for like your private bathroom. Don't call me a commoner. 
They... Also, asking for a bidet that has, like, a light show is a lot to ask for when the bathroom at your apartment, you, like, have to really slam the door just right for it to shut oh. at all. How many times have I been there where it flies open while I'm in there? I don't know about that, but I think you're just closing it wrong. It's a, you know, it's it's just, it's got personality. <laughs> I close it just fine. But that said... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm demanding a fancy bidet. I'm just saying I've experienced it. But the the revealing part was the fact that when I was, even when I was in a gas station, it was a good bidet. All I'm saying is we're pooping wrong in this country. Bidet all the way. And Tushy, you should be a sponsor for this podcast along with Waterloo and maybe NYU. And they all kind of run. They all work together. They do. So. They do. But so they're great. not going to sponsor us if we don't actually have something to talk about no. other than bidet, which I think we've made a compelling argument for the bidet. We have. But so the before we get into the topic, yes, there is a topic. Let's get to the news. What What's happening for you and the weird news uh, this week? I love my weird news this week. So I found the obituary of a woman who is now my icon. You guys might have seen it. If not, I'll post it to our Instagram. Her name is Holly Blair, and she was obsessed with Halloween, and she passed away on August 17th. I wish I got to know her because her obituary starts out. Holly Blair exploded into glitter and bats on August 17th. She's survived by four spoiled cats, two stinky dogs, three bad birds, a turtle, and an utterly useless frog named Fred. I mean, this woman is incredible. It also goes on to say her future plans include drinking beer with Terry Pratchett and flying across the moon on her broomstick on Halloween. She has also promised to communicate with us in form from the beyond uh, using her cockatiel. We nice. ask that everyone carve extra jack-o'-lanterns on Halloween this year in her honor. All hail the Wicked Witch of Juniper Road. I think we should. I, I support that. That's a great, that's a great obit. It's so great. She's so cool. It was uh, published in the Idaho Mountain Express. Um, and the picture they use, I mean, she couldn't look any cooler. She looks like a mix of Stevie Nicks and the hat from Dr. Sleep. So, oh, sweet. Yeah, she's just a rock star. Yeah, how old was she again? Mm, it doesn't say. A woman never reveals her age. Especially right. if you're Even a witch, because she could have been like 500. True. I'd be proud of that, though. I'd yeah. be touting that. Well, my news story is, that, that's a great news story that's quite heartening. It reminds me of, I just read a obit the other day, of someone in uh, in the Florida Keys that sounded like a really cool eccentric character. Not a witch, but someone that makes you think, man, I, I'm so sad that this person has shuffled off their mortal coil and, and gone on to somewhere, possibly, hopefully. Wish I had been able to meet this person in life and hung out with them, because I bet they would have just been a riot. But, you know, some things don't quite die. They stick around. And that's why, for my news topic, we're talking about zombie cicadas. That's right. <gasps> So this is, this is a couple weeks old, but I think it's still something we need to pay attention to. 
and researchers discovered a new population of cicadas that are being brutally infected by a parasitic fungus that controls their minds and forces them to infect other insects. Now, this comes from CNN, by the way. The parasite, the fungus, parasitic fungus, is called Massospora, and it's described as a psychedelic fungus which contains chemicals such as those found in hallucinogenic mushrooms. And so the West Virginia, Univers West Virginia University, which is part of this study, said that the fungus results in a disturbing display of B-horror movie proportions. Now, you might be wondering, Massospora, what, what, what makes it so bad to make it life and afterlife bad for these cicadas to turn them into zombie cicadas? Well, so glad you asked. The Massospora spores, Massospora spores, that's fun to say, it eats away at the cicada's abdomen and butt and <gasps> genitals. Ooh. So, and then... Don't laugh at the pain of cicadas getting their butt, genitals, and abdomen eaten away. That's that's like a that's a rough that's a rough. That's Monday. a bad way to go. Yeah, that's a that's a bad Monday right there. But anyhow, so what the abdomen, butt, and genitals are then replaced with fungal spores that are used to transmit the fungus to other cicadas, and the study co-author Brian Lovett said from there the abdomen the fungal abdomen will just slowly wear away like an eraser on a pencil mm. which is such a simple description but just evocative it's it's quite disgusting yeah. and so the the West Virginia University researchers who discovered this thing they've been studying it for a while what makes it kind of difficult to study these things though is cicadas have a very long life cycle of upwards of 17 years and they can live underground and then pop back up a decade later so it's hard to determine how long these spores has been infecting these poor cicadas but now okay so zombie cicadas parasitic fungal massospora eats away as their butt genitals okay that sucks but the cicadas carry on as if nothing has happened, and this is probably due to the fungus, which manipulates the insect's behaviors and makes them oblivious to this sickness. Now, that's especially bad for the other cicadas that they're hanging around with, because after even like a third of their body, even after a third of their body has fallen off, they continue just going about oh life. but that means they also continue mating. Now, this is bad. Wait, but how? They don't have genitals. No, because the fungus is taking the place of their genitals. So what happens is even though the cicadas cannot actually get it on, they still try to. And, it, and I love this line here because it says, and I'm going to read this one, that... Even though infected cicadas lose their ability to mate their, when their backsides become fungal plugs, they still attempt to mate and then sexually transmit the fungus to healthy cicadas. Oh, my God. And 
The parasite even manipulates these dying male cicadas into flicking their wings to imitate the mating invitation. Oh my imitate, God. And no, this is even weirder and cooler. It manipulates male cicadas to flick their wings to imitate the female mating invitation. So not only are these cicadas infecting the opposite sex, it also lures in the same sex to transmit the disease to them. So they imitate females to invite other male cicadas. Oh my God. And, and yeah. And then sometimes they're just walking around on branches. And as they walk around, because again, their guts have just been eaten away. They're just rubbing the spores all over like a branch or whatnot. Ew. And and I love it when scientists are being gruesome and funny because they even said, uh, one of the scientists here says that we call them flying salt shakers of death because they basically spread the fungus the way salt would come out of a shaker that's tipped upside down. So, you know, this, uh, this isn't, this isn't the only time that there's been, there's a lot of stories of, of zombie insects in the animal kingdom so this is not the first and thankfully these things are not not so far passing on to to humans so yeah Yeah, we've had enough in 2020 make it stop yeah this is this is pretty grody stuff so anyhow there's the zombie cicadas so let's hear Actually, let's do a topic, and then we'll get to an ad. So we're going to talk about schools. We talked about colleges and weird stuff happening at schools. Were there, when you were a kid, any school that you went to, not just college, but were there, like, lore, urban legends and things that were being passed around at your school about, I don't know, maybe a teacher being a murderer or or some crazy, someone that lived in a crazy house down the road or anything like that? Not really. Like, pretty uneventful. The main school I went to growing up in Paris, everyone moved, like, every two years or so. So there wasn't, like, people to stick around to pass on lore in that way. Um, Yeah. And then coming back to America, I mean, not really. You know, there's always those rumors of, like, oh, some teacher is, you know, sleeping with a student or whatever. But, like... Most of the Which time. Which is just nasty. It's that's not mean, true. It's mean. It ruins someone's career. Yeah, so, and it labels someone. It slut shames someone else. So Exactly. Um, I did have a floral design teacher get caught. He got caught in a motel uh, soliciting some activities. Uh, so that was pretty like hilarious when it got busted. No. Like, no, you know, you know what I mean? Competitive Scrabble. You know what I'm saying? He was like caught soliciting uh, uh, acts of service. Oh, random acts of service. Stop. You know what I'm saying? So that came out after we graduated. And so all of us cracked up because he was like this old dude. But no, that's all the excitement in my school. What about you? Trying to think. I don't think anything too salacious other than, I mean, yes, there were some of those 
those kind of scandalous type of accusations about some students or teachers mm-hmm. or whatnot. I seem to remember there were stories about like maybe teachers that were known to be especially severe that they were uh, probably murderers or something oh, silly like I, that. The Catholic school I went to, actually, there was a nun who taught math for like beginner's math, which is always what I was in, who was really mean and really terrifying. And there was the rumor that she had been struck by lightning twice. Okay. I don't know if that's true. I had a, I had a, I had a teacher that was struck by lightning, but he was awesome. Mr. Carpenito, Mr. C. That's a great name. Carpenito. Yeah. Mr. C. He was, he's one of those, he was a great teacher. I do recall when I was a little kid, there was this like scholastic book or whatever about a teacher that had a class full of like terrible students and then she got sick or whatever and went away. And then the substitute teacher that came in was a witch and was tormenting these children and everything. And then I think at the end of the book, spoiler guys, the real teacher comes back and they're so appreciative of the real teacher. And then in the final frame or final page of the book, it turns out that it was a real teacher posing as a witch the whole time. Oh my God. That's like yeah. a real mind game for a child. Yeah, it was a great book. Anyhow, so <laughs> let's uh, dive into the stories. But first, let's hear from our first sponsor. Nightmarica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's uh, that's what my friends call me. Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow, galon. We all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially, uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, squatchy regions. Don't you know it? That Lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop, whoop! That's what, that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this Lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. Well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable, sasquasticles, big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries, I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock. I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squasticles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches or, or men, no no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden, because with that quiet stroke technology, 
it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the Squatch Code. You gotta stay undercover, you know? I can even groom up my Squatchicles in the middle of the night. Because it's got an LED light on it, so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped Ball Deodorant to, to make the Squatchicles smell Fresh as a daisy, and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you flowers instead of skunky. Well, skunky, if you or your Squatch buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped! No, no, it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped, the right tools for the job. Nightmarica is brought to you by Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have one of its fiercest fans, Mr. Lawrence Talbot, an actual werewolf from London. Right, love. Cheers for having me on, although I prefer lycanthrope. The whole WW word is... A bit unseemly. Although, I should also note, I have been an American citizen for a while now. Ah, so that would explain that almost indistinguishable British accent. Anyhow, Larry, I'm surprised you're in wolf form, even though there's not a full moon elf. That's right. Well, I used to view my condition as a bit of a curse, what with all the hair everywhere. But with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and its durable skin-safe ceramic blade, which has small teeth, unlike myself, I can be quite the dapper wolf with my crown jewels, if you will, remaining secure. Now I actually prefer to stay in wolf form permanently. Pardon me for saying so, but you have a lot of hair. It must take you forever to groom. Most certainly. It takes quite a bit of time. Thankfully, the lawnmower 3.0 holds a 90-minute charge, so I have all the time in the world. And with the built-in LED light, I can even see on a moonless night as I, as I trim my my dolly bits, my undercarriage, my John Thomas. Right, right, we get it. Wolfman's got nards. And with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof technology, you can even clean up in the moors on a rainy English or American night. It's perfectly splendid, isn't it? And speaking of moors, I still do enjoy taking a bite out of the occasional backpacker. But with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, any passers-by that comes close will only smell the aroma of the freshest dangly bits. But don't take our word for it. Or even that of a gentleman lycanthrope. Because with the code NIGHTMERICA, you can get 20% off a Manscaped order and receive free shipping. Head to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA and you can check out their anti-chafing boxer briefs, weed whacker nose hair trimmer, and crop cleanser hair and body wash. All from... Wolf Manscaped. No, only from Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. And we're back. So, 
I yeah, I don't know what story you're going to tell, and I am enthralled. I'm excited. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm ready to go. I'm getting licked by a dog who clearly wants my attention <laughs> and hoping she just settles down. So why don't you dive in with the story and I will try to calm down the dog. Yeah, there are a lot of scandalous stories that take place in high schools or just any school. Um, a lot I don't want to get into because I don't like when they involve kids in an inappropriate manner. So I landed a gold mine with this story. Um, so let's head on down to Southeast Texas channel view to be exact. Um, Wanda Holloway is 37 and she's the mother of Shayna Harper, who she had with her first husband. Wanda is like a statement maker in town. She was a secretary and people in the neighborhood said she was very much like a keeping up with the Joneses kind of person, wanting the next best thing for her, her daughter. Um, and Channel View, where they lived, was like a really modest working class neighborhood. The school her daughter attended was named after a beloved janitor. Like it wasn't a bougie C and B scene kind of place, but that's how Wanda liked to live her life. Um, she was raised on the tough side of Channel View. Uh, her mom worked at the high school cafeteria. Her dad was at a concrete plant. And because of this, she felt like she was really looked down upon by all of her fellow students. Her parents were also super conservative and religious to the point where her dad even started his own church when he disagreed with someone in his old church, which is a very religious statement to make, I guess, to start your own church. Uh, Wanda desperately wanted to be a cheerleader, but with her dad's belief, there was no way he was ever going to let her wear the uniform or even try out. Um, so she kind of gave up on her dream. She thought cheerleading would like get her out of channel view and give her this new life that she kind of felt she deserved, but she gave up on that. And at 18, she married her first husband, Tony. They had their two kids, Shane and Shayna. They aren't twins. Feels like an interesting name choice. It's a very, yeah, I've heard of this kind of thing in the South and Texas and things like that. Yeah. Um, so they have their two kids and then they end up divorcing a few years later in 1980. Wanda then goes on to marry a wealthy man in the area and get a girl. Um, sadly, it didn't work out. She tried to get back with Tony, her first husband. He's like, yeah, no, this didn't work out in the beginning. So we're not doing this again. And then finally, she marries a man named C.D. Holloway, who is 20 years older than her and had his own oil field servicing company. So he was quite wealthy. She's finally settling into the life that she wants she has a personal plane with him, has her new dream car, but she's still living in a very modest house in Channelview. And just around the corner from her house is a woman named Verna Heath, who is the mom to a girl named Amber, who is the same age as Shayna, Wanda's daughter. I know it was a lot of names just then. Um, Amber and Shayna both go to the same school. 
And Verna was an accomplished baton twirler growing up. Um, so, you know, like the girls in front of the band that spins the baton in uh, I know mis- what baton twirlers Well, were. in case people don't, like it's in Miss Congeniality where like she is the baton twirler and then it bursts into flames and it's like a real scandalous. It's a cute moment in the movie. My, I think my sister was a baton twirler. Well, she was a ballet dancer and I think a baton twirler as well. So Oh, yeah. 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 It's a hard thing so, to do. I totally agree. So. So. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it was said that both Verna and Wanda were the type of moms who would give 150% for their kids. So both of their daughters attended Alpha Gymnastics to become top tier cheerleaders. Um, these girls were also really strong academically and well-liked. They were just good people. Uh, Wanda controlled her daughter though. Uh, she got her private cheerleading lessons to kind of give her a leg up, pushed her into like random modeling jobs, including like having her model at the mall at some point. Um, and then would dress them in matching mother daughter outfits in high school. Yeah. That's creepy. It's one thing if like, it's a baby. It's a whole nother if you're in high school. The trouble between these two families began in 1989 when Wanda pulled Shayna out of the private Christian school to attend public school so she could compete for a spot in the cheerleading squad. What she didn't realize, though, was that Verna actually received special permission for Amber to try out, even though she was still attending the private school and didn't plan on transferring unless she made the squad. Um, there were two spots and three competitors, and Shayna lost to Amber. Um, what's really crazy to me, and I hope they still don't do this because it seems very problematic for girls' egos, is that they didn't just audition to the coaches. They also did it like a popularity contest among students where students would vote for who their cheerleader would be. Which, like, I get class elections, but that's teaching politics. This just feels like a popularity contest. Yeah. I mean, which also class elections are. But, you know, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It is just, it just takes on very quickly, becomes a whole nasty situation. Exactly. Well, Wanda is devastated that Shayna doesn't get in. Honestly, she's taking it way harder than Shayna ever did. Um And the next year, Wanda makes it super personal by making these rulers that say like Shayna for whatever cheerleading position it was um, to hand out at school that were personalized. But what she didn't factor in was that this is not allowed. You are not allowed to give things out. You can make posters, you know, you can talk amongst your neighbors network, but you're not allowed to give things out as a gift, which is very smart. And this modest neighborhood, you know, families aren't putting all these expenses into it. Um, But Wanda did. And then Shayna got disqualified because this is not allowed. So what does Wanda... Well, at least she was... Yeah, at least she was disqualified for it. Like, instead of, like, just getting away with it and winning. True. But... This is a true crime story. So what does Wanda do when her daughter gets disqualified? She goes to her ex-brother-in-law, 
Shayna's Uncle Terry and asks him to take two people out for her, meaning Verna and Amber. For ice cream? For cheerleading. I mean, but for miniature golf? No, like to take two people out. For like a nice ride? Oh, Aaron, you know what I'm saying. Take two people out. So not Um, for ice cream. No. Over cheerleading. That's just psycho. And she sets it up to Terry, like, how much do you love your niece? Like, don't you love your niece? Don't you want what's best for her? It's so creepy. I love my niece, but I would never do anything like that. Um, So Terry said no, because the man's got ethics. And he, like didn't want to do that to a girl especially is like what he kept saying but Wanda pushed so uncomfortable Terry went to his brother Wanda's ex-husband and they together went to the cops and Terry was required to wear a wire he recorded all of his conversations with Wanda where she would haggle over price and then they were somewhere I think at a mall and they agreed to do like the money drop And instead of paying in cash, Wanda took out her diamond earrings and passed them to Terry as payment. Um, And so then the police arrest her because now she has paid someone to kill someone for her. Um, And they go and they tell Verna, who was supposed to be the victim of this crime. And Verna just went numb. I mean, can you imagine, like, you're living in this small, like, working class town, and all of a sudden you're told by the police, like, someone wants to kill you and your daughter over cheerleading? Like, it's just insane. Well, it does sound a lot like, was it Drop Dead Gorgeous? The movie, I I think it's Drop Dead Gorgeous. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds like something out of a out of a, a like a dark comedy or like a Roger Waters type type of movie um but yeah so, yeah but I believe it I believe based on you know people that put their kids through pageants and whatnot and mm-hmm. uh yeah I'm not entirely not entirely surprised yeah it's funny you say that it was actually made into an HBO movie in 1993 Holly Hunter plays Wanda Holloway It's called The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. It's a long time. Oh, yeah. I've I've heard of that. I didn't watch it, but I've heard of that. Yeah. So in 1991, it's not alleged because she was convicted of solicitation of capital murder. Um, But what's crazy is that it was overturned because one of the jurors was on probation for a drug felony. And shouldn't have been allowed to serve as a juror, but was let in anyway. So then it goes to a second trial, and in that, she decides to plead no contest. She's convicted to serve 10 years in prison and pay the victims $150,000. But because of good behavior, she was released six months later and did the rest of her sentence on probation uh, and was charged 1,000 community service hours which is basically 20 hours a week for a year, which is a part-time job. So she attempted to murder a high school girl and her mother and got a slap on the wrist, which is fascinating. Yeah. 
how much were the earrings appraised for? Five thousand dollars. Five thousand. I wonder if it if it still would have counted as a payment if they ended up being fake. If they were like cubic zirconium earrings. Oh, that's I mean, a good sure point. It still counts as payment because you're still exchanging something. I'm just yeah. glib about it. But and then the other thing is, do you think Terry the the brother-in-law or the uncle or whatever, do you think Terry would have been convinced if she tried to recruit him with a clever cheer? Like H-I-T-M-A-N, hitman, hitman, hitman. Because, you know, if it's one thing I've I've learned through many, many, many painful pep rallies at schools, which I always hated, you know, supposedly that's that and spirit there is supposed to get you excited and hyped and up, hyped up for the community athletics and all that and ready to go. So I think had she given a good cheer, a clever cheer, she would have maybe convinced Terry. And that's really the lesson Perhaps. that we take away from here is if if you're trying to hire a hitman, just come up with like, you know, a clever cheer or a limerick, maybe. Oh, a lumber could be marketing. good. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, I mean, well, marketing really is everything. Into, not really into murder, but this is a very compelling argument. And, <laughs> and, and it's clever and it rhymes. Well, that's, uh, that's disturbing. And I'm glad I, I, I will have to say, like, I know we, this is, you know, one half true crime, but I am glad that we didn't get too. <laughs> I mean, it's dark. It's, it's dark, dark but, but it's like, no one died. Yeah, and you know, it's especially when it, you're talking about kids. It's especially yeah, I couldn't do that. Especially bleak. So yeah. hey, you know, even though terrible things happen, overall people walked away and somehow even yeah. walked out of jail after like six no time. months. Yeah. yeah. So, well, before we dive into this next story on the paranormal portion, 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 uh, paranormal portion. Welcome to Nine America, y'all. We're going to hear from another sponsor. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And we are back again. Ready to get weird, ready to get spooky. I'm going to ask you to picture, if you will, okay, travel back in time. Well, April 6th, 1967. Now, I have to say. I wasn't alive. No, but you're picturing it, if you will. You okay. Know, traveling back in time. But so we are going back to Florida. <laughs> this is, we've done a couple of Florida episodes. But what can I say? Florida's weird. So it's, you know, and and also let me just say for everyone out there that, you know, when we come up with these topics, it's great. But then we have to actually come up with the stories surrounding some of the topics. 
And that sometimes gets tricky, especially when you're looking for something that has enough meat on the bones yeah. to support like a full story. And as opposed to like, here's something that happened in Topeka, weird things, weird things happen. And then that's the end of the story. We got to, we got to support this podcast in order to get Tushy to give us money. Anyhow. Yep. Crestview Elementary School in Opalaka, Florida. Opalaka, that's that's definitely like a fun word to say. It's close to Miami-Dade areas. So April 6, 1967. It's in the morning, during morning recess time. Fourth grade student Jonathan is outside. Now the teachers are rounding up the kids, trying to get them inside for the school day or go back to school. Jonathan's outside. And he notices, hovering over the schoolyard, a strange object. Oh now, God. this was this was a little bit fur, further away, but still very close enough that he could see details. It was round, disc-shaped, and it appeared to spin in the air. But not, not a chaotic spin, something that was a controlled spin. So... A lot of the kids were already inside. Jonathan's still looking up, and his teacher, Mr. Robert Apfel, goes to retrieve him. Jonathan, come on, Jonathan. It's time to go. Like He's a straggler. Let's go, dude. Got to get back for, for the lessons. Well, Jonathan is enthralled by whatever he's seen in the sky, and Mr. Apfel walks over, and Jonathan points to in the sky and says, what is that? teacher looks up and he's they also sees this metallic mm -hmm. craft overhead very odd okay but you know what i think it's pretty normal for a lot of us out there maybe we experience something weird but we still have to go about our day and then you just sort of put it in the back of your mind sometimes maybe even so forget he, about okay, it okay okay pause so this teacher sees something spinning over the schoolyard and just walks away doesn't do anything about it well, it brings Jonathan inside, but, you know. Okay, well, like, odd. call the cops. Well, you know, I, I think it I think it disappears, but it's still, uh, but still, yeah, it's something odd, but you still have to, plus you have a kid. You don't want to start freaking out in front of the kid. Anyhow, they go about true. their That's true. You have to seem cool with, ch with children. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just try to seem cool all the time, and, but it rarely works. Anyhow. Keyword try. Try. Go to April 7th, the next day, 1967. So Jonathan again. Jonathan gets a lot of a lot of billing in this story. <laughs> in the in the Hollywood movie, he would definitely be cast by some like Disney Important Channel kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, and Mr. Apfel, which we'll just say looks like uh I don't know, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Rudd. <gasps> yeah. Wait, did we both say Paul Rudd at the same time, or did you hear me first? No, I said it first and no, I well, said it first. Oh, no, who doesn't it, love well, Paul Rudd? Well, you know, he's ageless and America's sweetheart. Anyhow, Jonathan yeah. is in Mr. Apfel's class, and Jonathan notices through the window, and then so do other students, not just one craft, but three crafts in the air. So there is, once again, this round disc-shaped craft, and it's closer now. Maybe maybe even just yards or a couple hundred yards away. But then they notice two other cigar-shaped objects. 
or sort of spiral objects. Now that's a that's a pretty common report amongst UFO reports, the disc shapes and the cigar shaped. So they see these three objects closer now than what they saw when than what Jonathan Mr. Aptal saw the day before. Some say uh, some of the reports said that it almost looked like they were acting as escorts, the two cigar shaped acts acting as escorts to the the other mm. disc shaped craft. Later on, I, I will say someone else in the report said they only saw one cigar shaped and the disc shaped. So, but other reports say it was two cigar cigar shaped crafts and the disc shape. Anyhow, all three objects vanish. Maybe about thirty seconds. Now the Shoot. kids imagine the scene. The kids are just like whoa, and they take to the yard. They yeah. go outside. And as all these kids are running outside, this circular object returns. Now, this saucer-shaped object, it's very clear in view at this moment and even closer. It's a rotating disc. Later on, according to, I believe, Project Blue Book, some of the and uh, Project Blue Book said that it was reported as being white with a red light that blinked once. So this disc began to move and actually, and this is kind of cool and dramatic. So it's moving around and at one point it seems to blast off into the trees near the schoolyard. This is how close it is. Blast into the, like launch at these trees. However, the trees remain undamaged, un, uh, undisturbed. It's It's almost like it just... Instead of crashing into them, you know, which would also just send branches and and leaves yeah. and everything all over the place, it just almost vanished into these trees, like a hmm. almost like a portal even had opened up. Yeah, yeah. Then it re- then it returns again and moves about again, and just imagine the scene on this yard. And and also, let's say these are kids that are out in this yard, but there's also teachers. So everybody's out there looking at this thing. So just imagine these gasps from the kids, probably excitement, probably some fear, teachers trying to calm them down, but also not knowing what to calm them down from, and also themselves being astounded by what they're seeing in the sky because this is not a normal day. So it returns again as if it appears out of the trees and again, there doesn't seem to be any damage or disturbance or anything. Hmm. And then after several seconds, the object just vanishes in a flash of light. Apfel, Mr. Apfel, according to what he told the National Investigations uh, for uh, National Investigations Community on Aerial Phenomena, said, "Quote: It was a flying saucer." Virginia Martin, he says it, you know, pretty well, he wasn't hedging his bets. He was very direct. He's direct. Virginia, Virginia Martin and Marion Waters teachers, I believe sixth grade teachers at the school agree. Andy Cohen, not the, not the Bravo host. That's what I was going to say. No, I bet he would buy, I bet he's into, I bet he's into aliens and the paranormal but no i'm guessing he wasn't born yet well maybe he was born but he was probably a little kid anyhow andy cohen reported to air force investigators quote they looked like long cigars they were flying apart one at a time 
some of the girls got hysterical when they saw them, which I'm kind of calling some misogyny on totally. Andy Cohen there. Viral. Or, or at least chauvinistic. Oh my God, so rude. It was like the dentist I went to last week. We don't need any more of that energy. No, we don't, Andy Cohen. That's not the Bravo yeah. host. Bravo Andy Cohen doesn't want but, any of that. No, Bravo Andy Cohen would disapprove of, of UFO yes. Andy Cohen. They, so these UFO sightings were not just limited to the children and teachers at the Crestview School in Opalaka. Mrs. Mary Tresser called the Miami Herald and inquired about strange sightings. And she went on to reveal that she had been out in the yard and glanced in the direction of the elementary school and saw this oval object with red lights just over the trees. Now, I also want to read, and this is a little bit of a long quote, but I will I will just go ahead and say that this report was this did emerge in the newspapers, Miami News, Miami Herald, but then it just sort of went away as far as a news story goes. Hmm. However, over time, certain people have come forward to talk more about this. Now, this is a report that was registered with the National UFO Reporting Center, and this report was posted in 2011. So quite a long time after the 67 experience, but I'm going to read this quote. I was in sixth grade at Crestview Elementary School in Miami during recess in April 1967. I and hundreds of other students from Crestview and a few teachers witnessed three oval shaped objects coming through a few clouds on a mostly clear day directly over our heads. Our teachers gathered our class into a line. We watched as the two smaller of the three oval objects appear to be dancing around the larger oval-shaped object coming down towards us. The larger object seemed to be the size of a cruise ship, but its shape was oval and cigar-shaped and shiny metal-like. I saw the large object land in a field near our school. I did not see where the other two objects went. What seemed like hours before what seemed like hours before long, we were told to go home. I was one of the students who rode our bikes to the landing area, not far from our school. Fearless. This person actually went straight, yeah, went to check it out. We turned over a, a, there's a typo, a bush or berm, I, I don't know what that means, and found a field of weeds and grass that appeared to be charred and smashed into an oval shaped and seemed to be the size of a large boat. There was no object there, but the remains of something that had recently been lying there. Now, so that's a, that's a unquote, that's a direct quote from someone that claimed to be an eyewitness. And then, so many children, accordingly, uh, according to a lot of reports, started to remember a military presence around the school. And this is by the afternoon of the second sighting. Three of the teachers were interviewed privately, and some of the investigators spoke with the children themselves. The official word was that the military was there and that there was actually three low-hovering helicopters and they weren't mysterious objects, and that the children must have been mistaken in what they claimed to have seen. And let's go back to that. that 
New Fork witness who said, quote, before long, men in uniforms and news press started to interview kids. I listened to a little boy who had the same accounting as me. The following day, the Miami Herald, this is interesting, following day, the Miami Herald told the story and said it was helicopters on maneuvers from the nearby Homestead Air Force Base. I knew otherwise, but understand now that they had to state that to avoid mass hysteria, unquote. So it sounds like the word was, so the Air Force announced that these unknown observations were either misidentified military military flares or that they were these helicopters. And that was the finding of Project Blue Book as well. Now, approximately 200 school children and teachers saw this. And what I find so fascinating is that, yes, this school was near the Miami-Dade Air Force Base, mm. or Homestead, sorry, Homestead Air Force Base, which also means that this is a community, and this would apply to Mrs. Mary Trosser as well. They know what military aviation looks like. They know what, what military yeah, aircraft looks like. Yeah, that's what I'm like. thinking. Yeah. So it's really hard to ju- to to really justify or or believe that explanation. And this is also in line with a lot of other UFO sightings in the Miami area in South Florida during this time, enough to call it a UFO flat, which is when, you know, there's there's UFO activity. And now this is a lesser case, lesser known case in UFO lore. This is not one of the big ones, but. Or it's not known as one of the big ones. But so many sightings of this is is interesting. And there are similarities to other famous UFO sighting cases at school, such as the 1966, just a year earlier, Westall School Encounter. And that was in Australia. And Mm. what is interesting is that there's actually a lot of cases that took that have a lot of sightings that have been reported at schools. There's mm. a lot. In, there's a lot in Scotland, actually, which is interesting. What are the aliens but, trying to do? Well, I mean, Learn? I think that's an interesting question. So let's say they are extraterrestrial. Something that I was thinking about. So sixty-seven. Some of the Glasgow one. Sixty-six uh, was the Westall one. There was one in nineteen fifty-two in Glasgow. 77, 1977 in Wales. There was 1948. I think that was also Scotland. The the Greenock Greenock one, Aberdeen, Scotland. So, a lot of these throughout 60s and 70s, and like I said, one in in 48, which is early, and then one in 67 as well in the um in the Isle of Wight. So over in the UK as well. So something I thought about with this is that. So 67. So that's 53 years ago. If those students were, let's say, I don't know, 10 years old at the time, and now they're in their 60s, it almost makes you wonder 
could these sightings have been one to test how people would react, specifically children, but maybe even on some level lay the groundwork for some reappearance later on when many of these students would still be alive today Yeah. to see like, okay, well, who knows? Maybe if it's, if we lay that groundwork now and then come back later, maybe that's influencing how that response would be later. I don't know. Or I think that's a good theory. What kids, what kids would think, you know, would the kids freak out? Because I think kids would probably be more likely to, yes, maybe be scared, but also embrace mm-hmm. this this potential thing. Yeah. So it's pretty fascinating stuff. And, yeah. And a good day at school. I just got to say, like, that's a cool I mean, day. can you imagine? That's so cool. So. You know, that's uh, and it probably gets you out of homework. I think you can you could ride on that a little bit. Sorry, I didn't do my homework. Totes. UFO sighting. Sorry, I sucked at the spelling quiz. But, uh, you know, UFO outside. You guys remember that? Yeah. right? Just a little bit scarred by that. So, yeah. So if any I'll, of our listeners or anyone our listeners know have had things that they think are alien encounters, please email us. I want to know. I want to know as well. So with yeah. that said, that's our that's a couple stories of weirdness and crime and mayhem at schools. But before we get out of here, let's check in with some paranormal pop culture recommendations. What are you into? Yeah, so I started listening to this incredibly good podcast called This Is Actually Happening. Um, it's been around for a while. So what's actually, what's interesting is they might have stories of someone who have experienced a UFO. I haven't looked, but it's stories told by the real people that happened to them. So for example, one is a guy who's part of an online community. I'm not sure. He doesn't say what it is. I'm not sure. Maybe it's Reddit or something, but he is active in this community and then becomes a moderator. And then something happens on the site And it has him just kind of questioning his own ethics. And so he talks through that. Um, Another one is that a woman was assaulted. She survived it, but she was assaulted on her way to work. And then the assault is only a couple of minutes, but the majority of the episode is her talking about the aftermath and how people spoke to her and how she would have liked to be spoken to. And it's just very interesting for me to hear like how people who have gone through tragedy would want to be treated because so often something happens and you don't know what to say to somebody, but it's so interesting hearing it told in their own words. It's a good way to kind of educate ourselves on how to, you know, change our behaviors. It's very good. I'll check that out. I have heard of that one, but I don't know if I've actually listened in on that yet, but well, my recommendations is I'll, I'll give two for you, Britt. That oh, great. There's some good documentary series happening right now. One's on Showtime called Love Fraud. I've and heard of this. Yeah, it's basically, it's about a, uh, a bounty hunter, and it's it, it's sort of this hunt for this alleged, this alleged con man who really would just take women and take family members for a ride 
And so I think it'd be something that you would be into. Totally. Not that, not that you want to, not that you're an aspiring con person, but I, I like those would, stories. But the other one, well, I guess the other, other one is HBO. There's the vow. Which, Just finished it today. Yeah. So, um, so that's a good one. But the one I was actually going to recommend, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but the one I was going to recommend is the boys season two on Amazon prime. And it's based on uh, the comic book. Uh, and there's also, there was also the first season and it's a superhero show, but it's very violent, very gory. And it's sort of what life would probably be like if there really were superheroes in the 21st century and the age of, of, social media and mega corporations and the notion is that superheroes are essentially owned by by this company and they yes they do brand deals and reality tv and fragrance tie-ins and things like that but they're also pretty horrible people and it's definitely it's satire but this season is perhaps i think it's even better than the first season because it it dips into sort of this darker side, I think of American culture of how people can be really willing to give in to fascist, racist ideas Mm. and notions when presented by sort of these powerful, charismatic characters and how we just may not like the word, fascism and racism and we may not like throwing around the word nazis but some of the ideas are a little too readily embraced by some parts of our citizenry so it is it it's still but it's also funny and gory and super violent and all of those things it just also has this this subtext to it that makes it a little bit more fascinating so the Boys season two, Amazon Prime. Check it out. Also, the act, the acting on it is just really great. It's really compelling characters that you get to spend a lot of time with. So, that said, I think school's out. I mean, school's back in session, but school's out. Mm-hmm. And also, we're recording this after the end, the official or cer- not the official, but ceremonial end of summer of Labor Day, just right yeah. before. Which kind of makes me sad, but summer lives on because. I know. Pack away your white pants. I will. I, I don't have any white pants, but I will not pack away my tiki shirts because I wear those things suckers all year long. So, you know, summer lives on with me. So school's out, but summer lives on. Or school's back in session. I don't know. You know, it was schools. Things are weird. That was the end of the podcast. I'm done. If you like Nightmerica, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Nightmerica and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on social media and share this with your friends. And if you'd like to share your paranormal stories or even seek paranormal advice, which is for entertainment purposes only, email nightmericashow at gmail.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.